Let's change tack now and uh, the story which you may have followed in recent days of a trio of police officers who have been acquitted of the manslaughter of Alan Ball. Now, Alan Ball died in a police cell at the Hawara Police Station, and this was a couple of years ago. It was in June of 2019. So these officers were charged with manslaughter, and there are questions as to why this went to trial. Um, to explain more and why also there are headlines like how the police manslaughter case could change New Zealand policing. Um, is this indicative of us not having enough police, particularly in rural areas? And does this send a message that policing is um, is an increasingly difficult job for people to follow? Uh, we're going to put those questions to Chris Carhill. He's the Police Association president, and he joins us now. Thank you so much for your time. Good afternoon. Chris, um, a three-hour verdict, the three hours for the jury to deliver a verdict on a, on a pretty important case. Um, seems that the jury was totally unimpressed with the prosecution's case. Should this case have been brought at all? Well, we don't believe so. We think there were better forums for it to be um, measured in. And things like independent police conduct, criminal investigation, possibly even a work-safe investigation. But the criminal case was, in our belief, a step too far. Do you think that um, the police are under-resourced? Look, resourcing at times can be a real challenge. Uh, The demands for service have just gone through the roof. In fairness, this government has given a lot more police, but they were playing catch-up for decades where we didn't have enough. And unfortunately, since they've given us, the demands have just continued to grow. I mean, family harm incidents, 171,000 investigations in two years, 68,000 mental harm incidents attended last year, it just continues to grow and they get more complex. So where do you think everything went wrong here? Because there wouldn't be a a police officer around who wouldn't have um, put plenty of people who are intoxicated into the cells and just heard them snoring and thought everything's all all good. Um, Why do you think this prosecution was brought? Well, in this case, when you look at it on paper, you see one thing, but you ignore the reality. And they looked at it in hindsight. I mean, in hindsight, they knew that unfortunately Mr. Ball had taken a lot of opioid drugs. The police that was on the night didn't know that. And so they couldn't factor that into their decision making. But the prosecution did. The Crown Prosecutor did. And that's where I think you know, the challenge comes. We have no issue with police being scrutinised. It's totally, you know, should happen. But if you're going to apply hindsight, then you can't not be fair. You can only do it with cops making decisions about information that have at the time. Actually, I don't know if you can move to a slightly better part of where you are, just in case you've got a because we we've got a little bit of an issue with the reception or changing ears or something. Um, just just for a little bit more clarity. So, just to clarify, Sorry, that, in terms of yeah. Yeah, that, might be better. Um, can you clarify how the decision would have been made? What process would have been undertaken um, in determining whether a prosecution would be brought? Well, police would first investigate the case and put the evidence together. They'd then take it to a Crown solicitor for an independent view of where the charges should be laid. And it's that Crown solicitor that makes the decision whether there's sufficient evidence to proceed. Now, you mentioned about the new numbers of police officers. And so reading here, between June 30, 2017 and May 31st of this year, the constabulary workforce has grown by 15% full-time equivalents. That does sound good. Uh, reading here as well, police have got approximately three quarters of the government's 1800 growth target. Now, how does this work with net gain? You know, the officers who are leaving the force and anecdotally, and, uh, you know, I speak to police officers who really wanted it 
as a job and then they just found it too stressful. How, how is that balancing out? Yeah, look, in, in fact, less people are leaving, leaving the place than they have for many years, so that's quite good. But the, and it is good. We have had a good increase in numbers, but the challenge is that we were so far behind the eight ball when we started on numbers, and then those demands, those calls for service have just continued to grow. You know, increases year on year for different crime types or different calls for service, and that's the challenge, and it's just not getting uh, any demand. Do, they, do cases like this have a – and look, we don't want to downplay the seriousness of what happened. A man lost his life. Uh, but do cases like this have a negative effect on the general morale of police? Because you think, well, if I make the wrong call and it ends up costing someone their life, I'm not just going to be disciplined. It's not just going to be the Independent Police Conduct Authority. I could be prosecuted for culpable homicide. Is, is this a, a problem that this case was brought from a morale point of view? Yeah, it certainly is. I mean, uh, you know, if convictions had been – um, ended in this case, that they've been found guilty, I think it would have had really serious repercussions for New Zealand police. As I say, no one says police shouldn't be accountable, but criminal, criminal charges of that nature, it's made people very nervous. Um, simply making a mistake shouldn't result in someone getting a criminal conviction for manslaughter. And you know, without a doubt, I know many officers around the country that are very concerned because they've done exactly the same thing, put drunk in a cell and monitored them. And 99% of the time, they've always broken up. Yeah, well, probably 99.9% of the time, uh, or, or even or even higher. I, I'm not sure if you've seen the photo which is published today, but but it, it's it's a really powerful and, and sad image of the police officers, uh, Sandra Shaw, Craig Longworth, and Corey Waite. Um, and they're they're in the court, and they're, they're crying, and they're arm in arm. Uh, what, how did you react if you have seen that photo? Yeah, no, look, I was there on the day. It was incredible moving, um, not taking anything away from you know, the pain that Mr Ball's family's been through. But those three officers, their life has been shattered. Um, it's been on hold for two years. They've been under immense stress, not just them, but their families as well. And, you know, that was a, a real outpouring of emotion on when those verdicts came back. Finally, just in terms of the order of things, so we've had a, a criminal trial uh, for manslaughter for, and they've been found not guilty, and there's still a coronial inquest to go as well as the Independent, Independent Police Conduct Authority. Is is that the order normally go in? Uh, because it seems that you, they that what's happened is the most serious thing before, the, before a more detailed inquiry, such as the coroner and the Police Conduct Authority. Yeah, that's normally the order they would go in because the reality is that um, what unfolds in a criminal court can then form part of the evidence in those other hearings as well. So that's normally the process. Okay. Really appreciate you being on the program. That's Chris Carhill, the Police Association Thank President. You.